welcome to Elite Rugby Band. It's the podcast about rugby. Um, I'm Adam. I am indeed back. Uh, I'm the sole dad this week. Um, I missed last week. Map is indeed um, light. Life was busy, and I, I actually did listen to to uh, a chunk of the pod. Uh, amazingly, so uh, Matt, I know you, you, you did a cracking job hosting. So I ran busy throwing things on the floor, testing gravity. It's just staring at me now. How are you? Um, I'm not too bad, thanks. Yeah, I think. Oh, full stop. Yeah, yeah. done. Full stop. Okay, no, no. Well, uh, speaking of full stops, full. How are you, Phil? <laughs> I'm all right, thanks, Adam. I, I was a little bit better before that um, introduction. <laughs> yeah. <I'll be> fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's um, yeah, awful. And uh, an ant. Yeah, we haven't had ant on for a bit. So, ant, nice to have you here. How are you? How's uh, you, you said you've reorganised your life so you can be with us on the pod today. Yeah. Uh, needed to to move around some exercise things. You know, now that summer's around, you've got to spend more time outside. So. Yeah, no, that's true. See the sunrise or sunset. Yeah, that, that's most certainly true. It's, it's, it's sunset for pod time, that's for sure. Uh, ben, he's, he's not available. He um, he literally said didn't watch any rugby. So, um, yeah, he's out. But uh, we're all here. Um, so, look, I, I guess I guess we can just go straight straight into it. I was trying to remember one of the conversations you had last week, Matt. And I'm, I'm trying to bring up a fact that I actually listened. Um, like I love the weather conversation. That was really good. So you listened very, very to the first two minutes. No, the first first twenty minutes. Did you so say you loved the weather conversation? Yeah, no, you guys chatted about Mauritian weather and swim, and Ben when he got to Mauritius swam in winter and then he's now at a level where he's like fuck off and then he's gonna swim. Like he's like a weather snob in Mauritius. Thought that was that was good stuff. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, but I guess. Yeah, we we had talk about rugby. Um, the Pumas they beat the All Blacks, so I think we'll chat a lot about Jesus that Christ, later. Just lead off there, no spoilers or warning or anything. <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah. Or we'll tease, no teasing either. Just straight into it. Yeah, straight into it. But before we chat about that, I guess we'll get a bit into the news. So as we know, or do, excuse me, it was free state lines. Uh, the, the first game that got postponed because of COVID a couple of weeks ago, the teams opted for the draw, to use that term, uh, which I did not know. So, I mean, there has been talk about uh, the Bulls get, get only two points from what they'll probably likely get four. It suddenly opens up the whole shebang. So, um, what does this mean, gentlemen? What does this mean? Mm, it means Super Rugby Mzanzi is not going to be finished this weekend, maybe. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're supposed to start Curry Cup next weekend, but so either if they uh, don't, that's going to overlap most probably. They'll probably have to run. Either the Bulls can't come to some sort of agreement because yeah, shit, they fucked. If they if they take the draw, they fucked. Well, well if they take the draw, it's going to be really close. Yeah, still need a bonus point win. Um, and even then, no, they need a bonus point win, and presumably it doesn't go to head to head. Anyway, if they get a bonus point win, then they then they take it. If yeah. they just get a stand yeah. win, then, then it's a draw. either they need then. to. Yeah, I think I assume then the Bulls will still take it. So it has to be a bonus point. Yeah. But uh, I, I did read something today that the Bulls were pretty confident that they were going to be able to play because the match originally oh. is scheduled for this Friday. 
So yeah. even they were talking about potentially even playing on Saturday or Sunday, um, okay. and the Pumas apparently are quite keen too. So it sounds like it might still happen, but I think the Lions Pumas match seems like a probably one. So won't. I should keep Devin, yeah. Devin on my team. Yeah, yeah, that's not <laughs> ideal. Um, I'm intent on making a trade today, so I wonder if I should take it back. Too late. It's um, locked in. It's locked in. It's now. I've already mentioned <laughs> There's no taking the backsies. I'm gonna have to do some research on that. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Mitch. The only Australian in our league is leading our league, and we cannot let this happen. That though, Mitch, honestly, right now he deserves it. He's so he's, nice. um, it is the lead. Mitch's yeah, it's rise. quite embarrassing for all of us. Mitch's rise was also meteoric <laughs> ever since he discovered the system of who's playing against the Griquas and then stacked his team. Yeah, often, it's like Occam's Razor, often the simplest answer is, oh, what, what is it? It's often the simplest answer is the correct one. So, but I guess that's, that's the same with fantasy. So, Irene's just discovered a, um, a it's, it's, it's like a salad serving spoon. No, she, she's having a good time with it. It's busy, busy analyzing it. She's got the same sort of face that I have when picking my fantasy team, which sometimes works out. Um, Openly weeping or what? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Val Super Rugby um, New Zealand, but thank you, and and taken my role. Did Did you enjoy your top of beer, and? I haven't haven't cracked the one for the group yet, but I'm enjoying my one now in preparation. The warm up. Oh, one. nice. Okay, no, I'm, I'm hoping just to get a bit of wine. Yeah, a bit of wine. Yeah, that also. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that, our that's redemption is very right. short. <laughs> mm. Speaking of redemption, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Ant. Uh, apparently, the loss to Japan and Brighton in 2015, it still haunts Hanukkah And as he quoted, I experienced the most intense feeling of loneliness. So he's got a book coming out called Seven, My Notes on Leadership in Life, which goes on sale this week. Uh, as Mayor said in the book, I will never be able to process the disappointment of that defeat. Wow. Just when I think I have recovered to a certain extent, someone will ask me if it still hurts. Gee, yeah, Christ, like, that's harsh. If the bigger in the book, May reveals that the team is not fit enough prior to the World Cup. My biggest mistake as a Springbok coach is, asked, is not asking for more time to repair the team for the World Cup when they beat us. Hard work beat talent because talent did not work hard enough. Sure, it's quite an indictment. For that, I take full responsibility. As a Springbok coach, I had to insist on more time to prepare the team for the World Cup, but I did not fight hard enough. Uh, and he just said that he went back to the hotel, he slammed the, the heavy hotel door behind him. And he experienced that feeling of loneliness. What I saw in the mirror was a man who hates the world and has only himself to count on. Wow. It's pretty deep. I mean, it's easy to say say things like, I wish I had more time when this happened. How many months, like, bright green chasing the sun has been on and showed how well it paid off having extra time and spending the longest yeah. time in Japan warming up and making sure conditioning's right in that. Yeah, it's true, but our team wasn't... I wasn't. I remember 2015. Wasn't the first in the competition. No, I mean, look, we, we had, were... wasn't. Who was? Mm-hmm. No, but who I was think... starting yeah. hooker? It wasn't. What's his face? Um, Strauss. Oh, Strauss. 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 Was it Strauss? Yeah. But so the thing is, like, my point. Sorry. I think he needs to get over this. It's it like it was a bad result in isolation, but they still qualified and made the semi-finals and only just yeah. lost to the All Blacks. Like mm. when I when I think about results, I think the loss to Italy is probably even though the Japan loss yeah. is more of a shock, losing to Italy for the first time was just like terrible and yeah. needed a change. At least this was sort of, you know, in the middle of a World Cup. Didn't mean, didn't mean the 
Springboks got knocked out. And yeah, it's a shit result. The way that he talks about it, it's like You think he still scream, like no. wakes up in the middle of the night screaming just like random things. Uh, like, yeah, it sounds like he has bigger issues than just rugby, to be just honest. Just like wakes up like with night terrors, just screaming various, I don't know, things he saw. His knees, howling into the night. Do you, th- do you think oh, his wife must play pranks on him by just like hiding pictures of Eddie Jones in the house? <laughs> like when he opens the kitchen cupboard, there's a picture of Eddie Jones. He just shits himself and runs out screaming out of the kitchen. We just do that one where you slowly replace all your family photos yeah, that... with, uh, with a picture of photoshopped Eddie Jones instead of his own face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Random reminders. A mental breakdown. Oh, God. Any, anytime you see someone yeah, in like a red the... and white striped shirt, he just breaks. Yeah, he's just he asking himself. Yeah, where's Wally Books? I just kryptonite for him. Yeah, I'd be a bit worried then if, if he's doing a book um, about this leadership, if he, if he can't move on. Surely, like, part of leadership is resilience or, or has, has become the word anti-fragility. So, um, What was the name of his yeah. book again? Um, seven, My Notes in Leadership and Life, which goes on sale this week. Okay. Did he play Seven? I, I do see. not know. I wonder. Who's boxer, sorry? Hanukkah Mayer. Hanukkah I know that he was pretty shit in France most recently. Mm. Like, he, uh, yeah. he did a poor job with Stade Francais. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I don't, well, well, speaking I, of... I just want to say, yeah. as far as rugby books go, I know it's a, he's a bit of a shit topic on the podcast, but Milo must put out a book like last month and i'm actually half debating seeing if i can find a cheap copy somewhere of it because that might be interesting no i think it'd be pretty interesting uh, depending if it was ghost written or not mm, so what, yeah, i mean they, they, they all are aren't they i think they are yeah no. but i think marley yeah, seems him and haskell pretty much put out books at the same time by the looks of it I, i've see? got time for james haskell you do well yeah, I I mean, got... he seems interesting <laughs> He's been driving a tank around London to protest the yeah, closing of Jim's Pool. I think, yeah, that <laughs> seems so boring. Good time. That's just such a what, such a stupid yeah, move, though. Oh God. That's for the entertainment factor. Uh, I, I definitely got time. Um, one thing I don't really have time for is just more news about Western Province Rugby. They're committing to continuing negotiations with a US investor, the consortium MVM Holdings. So, uh, so- they've been chatting about taking. That yeah. sketchy one where we couldn't quite work out how this deal was actually favorable for them. Yeah, which one? That's what I'm going to say. Because apparently a new uh, Western Province Rugby Football Union chairperson, which is the amateur arm, I've banged on about this for a while, Ibrahim Brasil, who, um, to not say African listeners, he's just a well-known politician in the Western Cape. So politician, no great start. And then you've got Zelt Maria, a crap rugby politician. They met with Marco uh, Mazzotti, head of the consortium, and Michael Yormark president of rock nation and a member of the consortium they had a productive meeting they confirmed they met blah 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 um so the shenanigans of western problems continue i've raged about this much 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 so you guys are welcome to have a word if you if you if you please i think you know the yeah. most about the situation passionate or care enough about province at this stage yeah, yeah. alex or Adam, maybe differently but i think we're all just a so full of the whole problem i mean even alex most probably couldn't rally against them right now like there's just I think they tapped out of rage. I think someone was saying, I saw an article today that the Stormers were saying it's eerie saying goodbye to Newlands while it's so empty. 
I was confused about that because they they were like this is the last game, but the, then there's still obviously the Curry Cup. But I guess they go back um, to Western Province. And they also called the Green and the Gold game like the Green versus Gold game was supposed to be like the send off for Newlands. Like how many times yeah. are they going to say goodbye to Newlands? I feel like they're going to have one like final goodbye when this they can is- with a crowd. They're not going to, like, lock it down. Arians game is going to be at next year or something. There's going to be something stupid. There's going to be something, like, weird just set up there. And they'll probably be able to charge more for it. They'll make it, like, all, you know, like, uh, sentimental. You can take the seat home with you that you're sitting on. (laughs) Those seats are shit. I don't want those seats. That's how they're going to save on demolition costs. The thing's so fragile, each person's just going to take home at three bricks. And then whatever you (laughs) you can take home, whatever you can carry afterwards. Fire hazard. <laughs> they just Sounds like one of those oaks mobbing the field trying to sales. take a pole down. Pay a hundred rand, take what you want uh, when, you, when you come inside um, as, as a fundraiser for Western Province. Um, I don't think they have bit... it in them. Yeah, because they're so bad at like organizing good marketing <laughs> yeah. things. That... Yeah. <laughs> no, it sounds they, like they a take... good idea, actually. Yeah, actually, they pay a hundred rand. Much... Um, no, fuck that. Do you know... Okay, the... I've got an yeah. idea. Western Province, you'll make a fortune. They can sell off like square meterage of their turf, of the Newlands pitch. Yeah, I mean Actually, even that. Surely some people are interested, right? Do you know how many like people. how many oaks in the fucking northern suburbs will buy like a square meter of Newlands? I mean not hey, be careful suburbs, that there's, there's a lot of bull supporters in the northern suburbs. Yeah. I reckon Peter Steph's family they would buy the twenty-two to like the trial line or something. Just take the whole water back. Yeah. No, but... No, that, no, no, that, they'd, they'd, they'd buy, buy like the, the one section where like he had a blazing run, and they have this like weird zigzag through the field. Someone's <laughs> gonna no. buy the truck, the, the Ingle area, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. that would be cool, actually. If that was your lawn, was the Ingle area from Newlands. Yeah. <laughs> just just try, try time all day. Walk, walk, and then then score tries. Um. So, sorry, I keep saying I'm too much. A little bit of sad news coming out of Australia. Renowned rugby writer Greg Groudon, who was the author of the Rock and Mall column, and he's covered rugby in Australia, I think, for nigh on three or four decades. He's like, he died at 60, but they, I saw something saying he'd worked in rugby for 60 for the six decades. So, I mean, I think that was just a bit of a mishap. <laughs> he, he passed away um, from cancer. And I know with um, the City Morning Herald, he was writing from that till last year. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed reading his columns. Uh, but he actually seems to know what he was talking about, unlike some certain rugby rugby journalists in Australia, who we shall not mention by name. Uh, I think a lot of people in the rugby community, Paul Cully, uh, who I've got time for anyway, just like James Haskell, they all come down and just talk about uh, Grant and, and his work. So, um, yeah, sad day for Australian rugby, unfortunately. Probably one of their better rugby journalists has, has passed on. So just a uh, word out to to him. And I guess him that no. Did you guys read his, read his stuff on Australia? He always had good gossip. Um uh... I never really Is... paid paid mind to who the authors were, so I wouldn't yeah. know. His uh, name rings a bell, but I'm also I, I don't. He's not one of the ones who I note for being very good, so uh, maybe. Uh, okay, well I guess, I guess it's just, I guess it's just me. Sorry, we're giving such a shit tribute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put rest in peace. I'll put very sad, like soft recorder music over this, maybe while we're doing this. It'll be oh, tasteful. Uh, I mean, I wanted to talk about the introduction, actually, but we we will get there. See, I've done that. Uh, Nations Cup, that's been happening. I guess I guess we'll chat about that. Um, I see. Wait, the autumn, autumn Nations Cup. Sorry, 
I don't know, it's just Six Nations plus people. Dragons versus Edinburgh, by the way, Pro 14, that got abandoned due to coronavirus. So that, that's another one, unfortunately. Uh, in the Mitre 10 Cup, I feel like I got it right that time. We were all hoping Canterbury would get relegated, but they did not. Uh, Phil, what, what actually happened? Apparently, three teams ended up tied on the same points. They did, so... Given everything that had happened, there was a I think there was a really good game between Bay of Plenty and North Harbour, which was like 37, 36 or something like that. So that meant that both teams moved ahead, uh, or not both teams, but that mean, meant one of the teams moved ahead. So Canterbury just needed a win, and they were losing like 19-5 or something. But then they scored like a penalty in the 76th minute to take the lead, and they managed to eke out a two-point win. So. Canterbury, yeah, they didn't finish last. And they almost finished in the top four and got a semi-final because that's how close Fuck. it was. Like they didn't make... How does that so swing? They... How's that swing? They... they didn't make it on head-to-head, but they finished on the same number of points as the team who finished fourth. I Jeez. Think. Before they made it, they just missed out on the final series. The bastard name was semi-finals and finals. Like yeah. I hope that's in the final series. It's just... So yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get relegated. So uh, we were all hoping it, but it did not happen. Just, just yeah. because it's, it's the home. So, so North Harbour got relegated and they only lost by like two points. So Boo. it was all very close. And Auckland finished top, so Auckland are the favourites at the moment. Tasman came second, so Tasman haven't had as good a season as they've had in the last, or well, last year. And even the last two years. To get the most players back from All Blacks. Uh, I, I think, yeah, because yeah. yeah. I know that uh, like Karifi and Umaga Jensen, Umaga Jensen got uh, released, but I think Wellington didn't qualify. So, okay, <laughs> yeah, <it doesn't>... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get Probably, to go home like, early for Christmas. And that's a bit of a shock because just... Wellington are normally pretty good. So, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but I've seen a lot of people. Talking about how Karifi is the answer to the All Blacks' problems, we'll probably get there later. But it's just while his name wow. was up, still that find that. No sense to me, yeah. That's a, that, oh, geez, like a uh, Are you Ben? He was playing. What a hot take. I think I think they have a lot of problems with their loose trio, but that's certainly not, not the answer. That's not the answer, no. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not, not trying to. <laughs> oh, are you saying like, oh, like, I have friends who say this, and uh, no, 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 hey, I've hey, Is that such a hot take? I thought you were Ben. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wish it would, no, just reading some foreign journalists. Ah, not Greg Cowden. Interesting. Greg Gowden. Gowden, sorry. Gowden. No, Jeez, I've really, yeah, I mean, I'm reselling his memory thanks to you guys. So uh, I, I don't want to mention mention his name anymore. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Good You're oak. welcome. But I mean, by good oak, I mean, not really. So, yes, there is the Autumn Nations Cup. The Fiji game got abandoned because of coronavirus, apparently. Some of the teammates did not happen. Wales lost again. Big result to Scotland. Ireland. If I have a... Ireland. And Ireland. they got pumped. They didn't just lose here. They got smashed. 32 well, guys... Jeez. Well, you guys spoke about a bit, a bit about it last week. Was it... Um... Sorry, I've lost the name of the Wales coach. But they really hit a spa. And I, I know you, you, back, yeah. you noted it. Yeah, thank you. That... Gatlin jump ship at the right time. He was like, the coach is lost as well, huh? 
think he fired his defense coach yeah. midweek. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the week before. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it yeah, shows not it's... having a defense coach now by losing 32-9. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Wales, Wales, have, Wales have some issues. I, I guess it's just the, the Gatland way of playing. And under Karat, well, this will be probably one of the last times I mentioned chasing the sun. No. Uh, it was, I, I agree with the point that you made last week, Phil, about the analysis, or was it Ben? Just about, it's interesting that the most respect that chasing the sun seemed to show was Wales. Because against New Zealand, it's like, oh, we could beat these guys. Everybody else, we could beat them. Uh, but they spoke about Wales defence and all that sort of thing. The whole system doesn't work without Gatland. Um, and Gatland doesn't it's, work without it's, Wales. It's Squidge says. I mean, Squidge always talks about how the, the Welsh defence is just so difficult to beat. You know, so then the All Blacks, are, they'll score a lot of points, but there's potential ways that you can score points against them at Wales. Maybe not the most exciting side, but you just can't get points on them, you know. Yeah. Like, which shows, I suppose, you know, we have, we're able to score quite nice tries against pretty much everyone else. Except Wales, we came to one just lucky run from. Um, I'm just looking now at the scores again, but like Ireland managed 32 points, and only two of those were tries. Like, yeah, and one of them was after the like, after the, hooter, the 80 like, of the Hooter. James, yeah. yeah, James Lowe scored after the Hooter. So, so they're still not. They so that's the thing. So I made a joke about the Welsh defence, but fuck, the Welsh defence is still. Yeah, they're actually mm. holding the try line. You know what? You know they're getting down to the 22 often enough that you can kick points. So yeah, so it's more just yep, yeah territory less than defense. But, mate. but also, so the 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 old defense coach Sean Edwards, who he's got a a good he's reputation. Eric. He because he moved yeah. to France after Gatlin left. So it'll be interesting to see if he can bring like that sturdy defense to the obviously France have always had good <laughs> attack and like the flair in attack so if they can get the best of both worlds that's part of the reason why people are talking about 2023 being you know a possibility for their year in the six nations this year you know they suddenly they just had that composure and structure on defense and if you've got a structured defense and that presumably flows into your attack a bit better as well because you've got this transition sorted and also you just it's like a mindset thing so yeah. If you can defend well, then you just as a team are a bit more united and a bit less maybe health scout. So, for sure. So I think you know we're really seeing the benefit of that in the Six Nations. Well, the yeah. real world, yeah, actually it was in Six Nations. Autumn Nations Cup, also. I haven't played well, that yet. <laughs> well, like we said last week, the match we were most looking forward to was obviously France versus Fiji, and then that one was well, the one that. And then Jesus yeah. pissed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jesus. They did. Um, yeah, unfortunately, England did. They did beat Georgia forty. So uh, Georgia could not do an uh, Argentina, which we'll we'll leave just towards the back end of the pod. So we're moving away. Wait, wait, wait! Before we leave Autumn Nations Cup, um, did anyone else see the other big win for Ireland this weekend? Also related to that. Um, sounds like a riddle. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> Uh, Amazon Prime is most broadcasting this in the UK, right? Uh, oh, okay. So, some some guy in Ireland, Northern Ireland specifically, was tweeting at them trying okay. to get it to work. Like he couldn't get the stream to work. And Amazon replied back, Thank you for your information. We apologize on on upon reviewing your location. You're in Northern Ireland. The Rugby Autumn Nations Cup coverage is exclusively available to Prime members based in the UK. So, Amazon somehow reunified Ireland and gave Northern Ireland back to the Republic of Ireland and kicked it out of the UK. 
Which and will Brexiteers, never happen in real life. And, br and Brexiteers get hammered everywhere. Fuck, it was so Across. It was so good. Because at some point, Amazon even typed by accident, we apologize for the troubles. I reckon Amazon should Oof. go into the Middle East. It sounds like they'll be able They've, to, you know, yeah, I mean, figure out a solution there too. They literally solved Ireland and other. Yeah. <sighs> Just it's all it's all mo like mobile streaming TV rights. That's how you reunify the world and stop global conflict. Yeah, literally just <laughs> drop lines of streaming territories. Yeah, well, extreme borders. Yeah, the yeah, world is the same place, and that then there's no borders. Then we all sorted. Yeah, what are oh, borders well, anyway? Yeah, well, streaming is the um, future of rugby broadcasting. I mean, you guys spoke about the Australian deal last uh, year, so it's yeah, watch the space. I mean, Next there was that, all that news with the, Austra with the Australian deal this week as well, where they released the streaming lineup for the, what are they calling it? The Trans-Tasman Tournament, Super yeah. Rugby. Oh, yes. That was this week you as know well. You know how, like, grumpy all the, the Fox guys are? So they obviously control a lot of media outlets, and every writer for a Fox-controlled media outlet is going on about how this is such a terrible decision that's destroying rugby in Australia. And these are from the guys that didn't want to renew their own contract to buy the same deal. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just their hearts failed and now they're just trying to like bitch about it. So now they're they trying to burn it, it down straight. around them, yeah. Any, yeah. Anything progressive or any change they'll be unhappy yes. about because they want to just keep their old old boys club. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it's the make Australian rugby great again crowd. I've heard yeah. all the time for them and they, and they live in Fox. Uh, I guess look, we need, we need to move on very briefly. Oh, so, sorry, very quick one. Very major. He's joined forces with Tano Emo at um, Moana Pacifica. They play in the New Zealand Maori in Hamilton on December 5th. Uh, okay. Sorry, Adam, I haven't said much about this. Do you mind explaining? Is this like a team made up of like Pacifica heritage players? Yeah, I'm, I'm so just Moana Pacifica, now. if I remember correctly, I read about it a while back. So they're going, because the, what is it, the Hawaiian side was the Kanola, Kanahola, hey? They were okay. talking to join the, they, when they want to expand, I think the Trans-Tasman to include specific sides. Kanahola thought that because they've got the, the a bunch of ex-All Blacks in that backing, then they thought to shoot that way, seeing as they fell out of MLR. But it looks like NZRU and ARU are more leaning towards Moana Specifica mm. and a Fiji, Fiji, Fiji and Drua or something yeah. as well as the two oh, awesome. Pacifica sides to use rather than Kanahola. Okay. Yeah, so I'm uh, assuming this is sort of this Moana Pacifica match that they want to do is to sort of as an exhibition and a sort of grassroots to see what they've got. Okay. Sounds good. It seems it's like, because you said December 5th, so... Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the Mitre 10 Cup will just finish, so it'll probably be the weekend after that. So I guess the timing works nicely. Yeah, just to add to that, to the Moana Pacifica, they're going to be based in South Auckland. The Rugby Australia chairman, Hamish McLennan, he told a podcast, not us, on Monday that he would like to base a Pacific Islands team at Western Sydney because uh, the Pacific influence over Australian rugby has been growing over recent years. So strategically, I mean, that makes a lot of sense as well. But look, I, I'm I'm not surprised that the two parties eventually came to a decision. Money talks, and the fact that two of them are, are 
realize that they're better together because they literally have no one else. It just it was inevitable. I'm just sad from a fantasy perspective they're not running the competitions concurrently because that would be epic. And then you can do it like a draft of drafts sort of vibe. I'm always on the draft train. So, yeah. Okay, moving swiftly along. Enough about that. Let's go to come back to South Africa and talk about Super Rugby Unlocked, Super Rugby Unzamzi, Curry Cup 1.0 with Curry Cup 2.0 coming. The Sharks, and they beat the Griquis, but oh. they, they <laughs> weren't great. <laughs> Oh. The Sharks fans, did you say? Sure, oh, no. it's not a fun time. I was actually, genuinely, I was kind of hoping that the Greek was were going to take it, just because it would have been so cool for them. Yeah. But, like, you knew that when, that Sharks, when the Sharks got that last kickoff in the 80th minute or whatever, you you kind of just knew that it was they were going to win a penalty and Bosch was mm. going to kick it. Like, it, that's, as soon as they, they green-lighted the kickoff, it's like, oh, okay, cool, the Sharks will win. Um, but, yeah. like... It was quite sad that that was the outcome. I mean, look, I mean, it, it, I think a lot of it was the Sharks playing very bad. Like, a lot of those Griquist tries were so soft. Um, but, you know, yeah. still, Sharks shouldn't be within one point, you know, like at that stage of the game. So it's, it is very much on them. Um, yeah. Classic Sharks again. But, you know, Classic Sharks in Kimberley. Was, yeah. Sharks just doing like the bare minimum to get it, the result, and I think they ended up getting all five points, even though they were so bad, like Ann said. Um, they get, but they're not doing the the three more tries bonus pointers at the yeah, yeah I think they, they reverted back for whatever reason. Wow, that makes I don't like. I prefer. I mean, unless yeah. that I was, but I do like the, the new system now that I've played with it. Yeah. yeah, the three more than one. Yeah, the three plus one is much better. Than is dominating an opponent, you know. Mm, exactly. Yeah. But uh, I thought um, we sort of mentioned it on one of the groups, uh, Cohen Bosch. It was like ever since uh, Ben criticized him, which was like a couple of weeks ago, he's ha- I think he's had two pretty good games in a row. So he seems to be... Yeah, he's turned things around a little bit. So, um, and then... Yeah. Although he wasn't that great because I think... Wait, I just want to check. Because I don't think he outscored Monty Libok. Because they both they were they might they might two flowers. Yeah, and it's Monty Libok came on very early because uh, yeah. Bormink on his debut got injured, which was yeah. a shame. Against, against his old team. Yeah. So yeah. Bosch on twenty five and Libok on thirty. It's the non-fantasy yeah. stuff that Bosch is doing well, at least the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not as much. Yeah, like yeah. he's he doing. His highlights reel is much smaller this year than it was maybe two or three years ago, but yeah. it's the softer stuff. He's, he's passing really nicely. He's putting guys in spaces. His key game is really controlling. Yeah, just um, controlling the game, right? Yeah, yeah I being agree. a good like flyer. This. He's being a good flyer for yeah. sucks for fantasy. Fantasy. Um, I'm not saying that he is necessarily the next player flyer, but just he's doing things that are going to suit that selection. Um, so he's yeah. doing Quite things a lot better than Phillips is doing right now, so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's although, not, not setting up tries with an offload, but he's doing other nice things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 we'll get to it, I guess, but I've seen a lot of people praising Valimps' performance, and it was improved, but I think people are going too far just because of the more exciting stuff. You know, people see the assist, or people see the drop goal, and then mm-hmm. everything else, the control of the game. But then do of, they see the petulant, like, negative yellow card yeah. offense? Like, I mean, I, I think he gave away, like, four or five penalties or something 
which again if you look at his fantasy score sort of shows because even though he did a lot of good stuff it's still in like single digits hmm. oh wow that's yeah i mean i thought maybe it's just it's such a low baseline that he's come from the season that you know you do one or two flare things and suddenly everyone's like oh he's back i mean yeah. it's getting yeah. that back ever really where he was meant to be like his He's never hit any of the highs that anyone's expected of him. Like, yeah. The best and the, he's ever beat is a couple of highlight touches in a game. He's never controlled the game. He's never exactly. So, like the, the, the main issue is not that he's not going to do something exciting. The main issue is that he's still not doing the controlling thing with which Bosch is starting to do or has mm. done this year. Yeah, exactly. I had to give Gricus a shout out though for the try they scored around about the 50, 60th minutes off, off a throw by Richardson, where it went through up. like multiple hands. I yeah, no, it was. Should, yeah, that should have been Victor. Should have been. Um, sorry, his surname escapes me now. The guy got drafted by the Cheaters in my fantasy team, but has never been seen again. He was actually racking up good points. Um, should have been him throwing that mad offload for the try. But, uh, you know, <laughs> they said the better. And, and for the record, I had Bosch in week one, and everybody pillared me for it. So eventually, right, I, I came right, eventually. But, and I actually just wanted to ask you, as a resident Sharks fan, why are the Sharks so poor? Because on paper, they, they look quite good. But and they were good before the break. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Us why, what's going on? Did they just <laughs> suck at lockdown? I think maybe that was it. Is that the, the Durban lockdown was maybe a bit too casual, so they didn't spend enough time throwing lineups to their dads on the roof. Oh god, we actually need to talk about that video. That video was epic, yeah. I'm I'm just surprised Andy blamed the humidity. (laughs) The lack of the humidity in the Durban lockdown. Maybe that's it. This late of the year, maybe the weather's a bit too too dry, too unhumid or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, because Kimberly famous for having zero humidity. The sharks are are amphibious beings. They cannot cope in, in air so dry. And again, there is lots of beer there. You'd think that might offset, you know, some... <laughs> I feel like the sharks, stadium. the sharks are like, they cannot drink tough, they only drink like Castle Light or something as a unit. Gin, gin and tonics or something, yeah. Who knows? Well, we'll, we'll leave it there. In Kimberley, <clears throat> there was mention of Damien Venom's so we'll move on to West of Prince versus Cheetahs. Uh, Promise won, but Roscoe Speckman probably scored one of the tries of the season, gathering the ball on his side of the halfway line, kicking it, kicking it again, gathering it and scoring mid-air. So if you want to see a great try, go check that out. But Promise did the business. Uh, Stephen Kitzhoff had another good game. Just how good is he compared to other props in South Africa, uh, excluding overseas? And um, Promise are suddenly in contention, even though they haven't looked, they got bullied by the Bulls. Suddenly they're in, in with a shot. Very intriguing times. Silence. No well, one. I was also thinking how much the cheetahs have come off the boil. Because they shot yeah. out the gate. <sighs> fucking fire. Oh, they well. Since then. You know, I mean, they lost to the sharks. They limped against the, the, the bulls. They didn't play the lions. But, I mean, it's not like the cheetahs have been incredible since that opening round against the pumas. Yeah, but I mean, they came out heat, and then they were, like, their bad games were still close. This one, they just, I don't know, like, the last two yeah. weeks, the last two games they played, they've, it's like a different side almost. Did they play last week, or was it? Yeah, they played last week. Off? Okay. Yeah. okay the previous week. I though, think in this, the previous week in this game, though, they, in this game, they just, uh, like, they got out thought, I guess, or just, like, out, like, the, 
tactics just didn't work. The Stormers basically just uh, had a good sort of kicking game, which exposed their back three and they like they knocked on a lot. So then the Stormers could, you know, use their scrum, which is something the Bulls somehow didn't do mm -hmm. almost like the whole game. Um, the Bulls just chose not to knock on, and they just didn't. You think it's a fairly yeah. simple. Yeah. But yes, but but even against the cheetahs, like if you look at their back three, right, it makes sense to kick the ball, kick high balls on them because they're not big guys. <laughs> they're not going to be able to catch it. It's um, Speckman, Donakis, and Malcolm Yeo. They're all pretty tiny people. So um, that's pretty much what they did. They got scrums and they just outthought them or they managed to play it to their own advantages, which is, they couldn't do against the bulls. Oh, that, that that seemed pretty 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 comprehensive. Pretty succinct, that, pretty, no further comment from me. Yeah, yeah. but their strengths uh, and, and cheetahs have gone off the boil. It is yeah. disappointing, though. I mean, I think to be fair to the cheetahs, they like we said last week, they've lost a lot of players like Ruan Pina, their captain, mm -hmm. and guys like Jasper Visa, um, yeah. who was performing and, so well in the and first Bert, half, and 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 Bert Josef and Rensburg at center. Uh, yeah. Um, and they lost Speaking one of the locks, yeah. So, and mm. you know, could you do that trade? Luan yeah. de Brain as well. Yeah, staying? I think he goes. I think he goes at the end of again the end of this tournament, whatever the halfway point is. So, I Next think weekend, I yeah. think that's where he goes. Yeah. Delete, so. delete, delete. Okay. So, okay. what are you deleting? Just tell us. Just yeah. let, just let us know now that you're deleting it. You guys are gonna yeah. make this come come back to haunt me. I'm I'm certainly not making any trades today, so yeah, it's look, okay. no. it's fine. Yeah, I really am okay. not. I'm waiting for full no, information well, at this point. I'm not okay. gambling. Okay, okay. Well, I was gonna drop. I was gonna but between us. Okay, I was gonna drop some Alani and bring in uh, William Smallsmith. <laughs> between us, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. Now that the Bulls might play, I I, I might make a plan. So we'll see. So I've made that trade. I mean, I right. guess Milani, yeah, he's not playing next week. Hundred percent. So. Yeah, yeah, it's got shit tons of money. So we we will see. Okay, well, look, I guess heading on to probably the biggest story in rugby, probably this year, like well, excluding everything with COVID. Argentina they beat New Zealand 25-17. First time Argentina beat New Zealand in competitive rugby since the two nations started playing each other in 1985. It's the first time New Zealand have lost two games back-to-back -back since 2011, and New Zealand are suffering a mental meltdown as a result of the defeat. <laughs> but the, the, the fact of the matter is Argentina deserved it. New Zealand played badly because of Argentina. Um... It was excellent, and I guess like, I mean people have seen the viral stuff. You guys mentioned the video. For you, you out there, I'm sure you can find it on Twitter. You can find it on various websites. There was a video, at a Argentinian base about the Argentinians about the different players, uh, what they did during lockdown. Who, like who was um, was most, it Montoya? Yeah, it's mostly doing the line cats. Of throws to his, to his father. Yeah, Montoya was throwing to the roof essentially of his dad, for his dad to catch. It was all the guys who I think who were based in Argentina for lockdown. Yes, Sanchez ran 21 kilometers in his own house. Uh, um, I think it was one of the props had to work out at home. I think it might have been Petty or Creamer, or one of the other locks was literally jumping up and down in his 
in his very small, small window, like small garden, and his grass could do with a bit more water, but by the looks of it, um, and sending the videos back to the coaches, I think one of the, the scrum halves was busy throwing rugby balls against his garage to keep training. Look, part of the narrative is, oh, South Africa didn't go because of X, Y, Z. Um, the only thing I'm going to say is South Africa made the right change by not going. I think that they certainly made the right decision but for not taking their money in a nutshell and long-term. I mean... Yes. I mean, we've got evidence. Argentina did was superhuman. But yeah, look, that's the thing. We've got Argentina. evidence on exactly the opposite of Argentina happening. Look what happened to Georgia. They didn't score a fucking point this weekend. No, and, and injuries have been piling up in, in, in Super Rugby Unlocked. As also, look, yeah. Yeah. Hansa's 2020, I think it just doubles down on the fantastic effort made by Argentina. But Phil... Um, I guess let's talk about Argentina first. It's very easy to yeah. to lambaste the the All Blacks. Uh, I'm so proud of I've caught uh, you guys. So yeah, well. and I, 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 I think it, from from what you read, you know, like also journalists do it far too often, where they sort of blame some like the favourites and don't give enough credit to Argentina. And like yeah, Pablo Matera, Marcos Crema, Sanchez. Crema some of the performances, Crema some of the performances were great. Yeah, like they they gave everything and like as obviously watching the game and wanting them to win it was really nice to watch them because they also do the basics really well i think they won all of their lineouts and mm. they almost don't miss any tackles they had like a 90 something percent tackle rate so they do all of the basics like really really well and then they also have that sort of um just way that they can like sanchez's try it was really good they will sustain pressure get the penalty take the chance and then you know, score off that you know speculative kick, but you can do that once you do once you do enough before the before the kick actually happens. Um, and I think the performance was just uh, you know it was so good. It's not like they got lucky or anything like that. They definitely deserved the win. So it was it was really good to see. And hopefully they can follow that up with another good performance this weekend against Australia. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because most teams generally after a big win against All Blacks they kind of come down a little bit and now both Australia and Argentina are coming off a win against New Zealand so <laughs> right. like yeah. is it going to be a good game or they're both just going to be a bit pop or you know anyway so it'll be interesting to see but yeah I mean full credit to Argentina it was an excellent game and that's you know from that first minute in the hacker when you're seeing Matera's eyes like and then five minutes later when he was complaining about them disrespecting his country like you could tell yeah. it was going to be a good game yeah yeah especially yeah because what I think what, what's the one meme I saw which is an excellent one which is the perfect game plan to defeat New Zealand and then it's that smirk that Farrell had and Matera's smirk as well from before the game <laughs> yeah it's I mean I obviously you don't know for sure, but maybe it's just the attitude in which you face the hacker. Yeah, like it clearly does make a huge difference. Oh, uh, there's also another fun one. Um, so Kremer and Batista Del Gui are both 23. They beat so by the age of 23, they've be they've beaten New Zealand, Australia, and South Africa, which apparently, which is huge for an for an Argentinian. That's incredible. I mean, considering they hadn't done that until four years ago. Yeah, so. They beat SA and Australia at 21 years old in 2018, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So within two years, they've, they've basically they've beaten all three. Uh, can we just touch on Kramer for a second? Because he made 28 tackles by himself. Yeah. You know, and everyone was like, you know, shit over Sam Kane two weeks ago. 
or months ago for making 24 tackles. So he made 28 tackles. He also made 14 carries. The whole Argentinian yeah. side only made 150 tackles. Yeah. He made 20% of his team's tackles. He's a yeah. fucking unit. Like, like believable. Because obviously, just like we know through um, his fantasy sometimes, he's a bit like feast or famine because yeah. I think he's a bit of a liability with penalties. But mm. you know he's always gonna put that like work hard work in. Like he's one of those workhorses who, I think like you're saying, sort of Peter Steff like, he'll he'll work all day and he'll make so many tackles and he'll, he's probably not gonna make like breaks, you know, when but he's making those hard carries and drawing the defense in and just like that constant work rate is sort of irreplaceable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean you have to. Have that. You've got to have one guy just doing that. I, I think that's. I mean coming back to All Blacks. They don't have really someone. They've got Sam Kane, but he's not the same type of mole. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and and Frizzell was a bit disappointing. Uh, yeah, well, I, d I don't know whether to see in Frizzell. I think they need Karifi. He's the answer, right? <laughs> and, but in 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 in, 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 all, in, in all seriousness, um, Argentina made 152 tackles, only missed 16, and that that was towards very much the latter part of the game. Uh, even though they made 25 fewer carries, uh, less meters carried, only scored one try, they had four clean breaks, uh, which I think is an interesting stat. New Zealand conceded 14 turnovers compared to four by, and they by Argentina. One a couple of weeks ago, just to add to that. I think in the first game, they conceded yeah, I think, turnovers. Mm. Yeah, I think we're going to have to have that issue right now. They just don't, they don't have anyone that can protect their own ruck ball. They don't have a big mm. bruiser. They don't no, have a drug. No. I mean, it's always been their problem. It's just being even more exposed now. I mean, well, yeah. not always their problem, but the lack of depth there. It's, you know, like someone like uh, Jerome Kaino. Um, it's kind of if They haven't been able to fill that hole. Yeah. That's yeah. why and, and, uh, got sad. Yeah. And they've tried lots of different things, you know, sort of like playing Kane and Adi and... Lots of different, even the combination at the World Cup, but I, I don't think it was great, and it's part of the reason why they struggled against England. Mm. Yeah, Scott Barrett at six was not, you know, I mean, he's not a blindside. It's like when we played Peter Steff when he was primarily a lock, playing him at blindside didn't work. Like, you can, I'm sure we could, they could convert Scott Barrett to a blindside, but give him two years to do it. Like, you don't play him in a semi final out of position, otherwise, you're going to get the same result when we played Peter Steff against Japan at blindside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah the... I mean, I think you actually make a very interesting point. Um, as an aside, Nicholas Sanchez kicked very well. I love watching him kick. He's, he's such so a smooth. Beast. He doesn't kick the ball; he just pops it over. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah, he's sexy to watch. Just, but uh, you make a... just that last one. That last. Yeah, I don't know. He, 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 he... Yeah, Jesus no, Christ! No, he had a boot I. on him. And he made it. I mean, it's part of his kicking does. motion, but he just makes it look so easy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's 50 meters or even more than 50 meters, but because he doesn't do like that long run up, so it looks like he can do it all day, and it's not even like, uh, you know, straining him. Yeah, he, Sorry, yeah, he's got a definition of, of the perfect golf swing. No, not at all. Um, uh, and that's not at, at high altitude either. He made that kick. Yeah, teams, I feel like they're copying a lot of what the Springboks did right last year. Australia trying to kick contestable kicks. Uh, trying to turn Scott Barrett into a six. People are trying to like find their own Peter Steffi toy. England have kind of looked at maybe doing it with Mario Toja to a certain degree. The problem is they're trying to build a game plan around a player who is unique. If there's only one Peter Steffi toy, mm -hmm. Scott Barrett doesn't have a work rate. 
Well, well England sort of did the opposite, uh, right? England oh, yeah, played yeah. Curry and Underhill. Yeah, so, so that's fair enough. So that's fair enough. I have no problem with that. Uh, that you you well, get what they're trying to do. Yeah, I just feel like, I feel like yeah. trying to copy out Zappi's approach without the right personnel. Sorry, like Matt, I, I stopped I was going to say, you feel like Eddie Jones should be smarter than that as well. For all his shrewdness and how he gets lauded as like a like good coach, like an excellent coach mm. like a, who's always got a master plan. And he's literally just like copying homework by changing the name so that the teacher doesn't notice. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But I get look, like I guess let's move on to New Zealand and, and talk about that loose trio and just how it, we've known for weeks it's imbalanced. As soon as look, at least so Tutu came on, he provided the best go forward ball apart from throwing a bit of a shocker mm-hmm. of a pass to Damon McKenzie. Um, ben made the comment last week. I thoroughly agree with him. McKenzie's not the same player since that knee yeah. injury. He, he just, which is a pity. He just just doesn't seem to have the same elusiveness. But that. Kiwi loose trio, like we've we've said this before, Foster is just picking a team of his best players, and it's not working. And I just got like, it's, it's a bad comparison, but there's hallmarks of the Kutia era here. When we're talking about New Zealand, just the lack of freshness and approach teams, yeah. uh, and copying Hanson's blueprint and the fact he was part of the Hanson regime. There's definitely a freshness problem there. Um, and that's why they picked, yeah, it's just... they picked him to not be fresh, to be fair. They picked him as the continuation, boring, stale choice. Yeah. They deliberately didn't opt for the guy to be interesting. Yeah. Agreed. And now that they're getting the same results as they did in the latter half of last year, they're like, oh, maybe this was not the best idea. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. it wasn't Hanson. <laughs> and I, re- I reckon they were a bit complacent. They probably assumed Argentina hadn't played test rugby in ages, and they just rocked up and they thought they'd won. Uh, yeah. I definitely thought there was a bit of complacency. Yeah, well. I mean, to be fair to them, they sort of, like we said, uh, they chose their best possible team, like their A team in a way. They chose but, this, yeah, uh, their first side, so to speak. But I, I agree that they, even though they chose their best team, there definitely was a degree of complacency there. And um, to be fair, is justified given you're the All Blacks and Argentina are Argentina that you've never lost to, and um, they haven't been a year. You can very un- easily understand the, you know, it wasn't yeah. like. We'd come over and they were showing us disrespect. You know, it was a team that shouldn't, on by all means, have it any right to beat them. So, like, mm. you can kind of understand it. Like, you can't, yeah. you can't, like, completely call them out for it. Yeah. But yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it, you see what happens. And I suppose it's, I can't remember who was saying this, but there was some video somewhere of basically just saying that the difference between winning and losing between any of the top nations is so so small that even yeah. if you're top side is like two percent off the game you know that's enough for the, the not minnow but you know mid table team which argentina were they were 10th you know to beat them like and, and that's kind of the thing is that the margins are really really fine yeah sure it sounds like Even a racy speech 15 rating points <laughs> 15 rating point gap like that's not actually that much yeah hmm. And like, like as we, you know, we said the loose trio is to blame, and maybe uh, Frizzell struggled, like not having the sort of impact and force of Britalic in the second row or someone like mm-hmm. that. I mean, yeah, it, I it, that it, yeah. it's it's together with the lack of uh, enforcement from your number six as well. But then without Ritalik, you know, Whitelock, he he's always there and he's trying hard. I think Tuipilatu, even though he had such a good sort of super RTRO season, he. He struggled, or he, at least this weekend he didn't really do much. So it's it's a position which they're always going to struggle with, like, like getting good big locks, you know, especially relative to South Africa, who produce you know these 
big like bruises all the time. Mm. So that was a, a comment I saw by someone saying that like Tupelotu for all of his worth, he's a happy warrior. You know, he's not going out there to try and hurt you. Whereas you need to have someone in the team that's jobs out there to try and make your life as unpleasant as possible. And yeah. Tupelotu is not going out there to try and make you sad after the game. You know, he's not trying to make you sore. <laughs> like he's hard, he plays hard. But he's, he's not retaliating. He's trying to make you like cry afterwards. <laughs> Yeah. Like During the eight game. Of the, you know, the eight of the South Africans are doing. I mean, you talk about the lack of a number six. There's a guy called Lachlan Boshier who's just busy sitting in New Zealand and was definitely the best player of Super Rugby in New Zealand, was not selected. Um, and what? But probably I think everybody knows num- that. Not, yeah, not a, probably not the number six that they need. I mean, yeah. I think that he, yeah. he, he deserved to be called up and he, he had a very good year, but like. It doesn't solve their problem. He is great, but he is... I don't know if he's better than Sam... Even Adi Severe, I think he... I would rather have Satutu at 8 and yeah. Severe or Kane at 7. It, yeah. One of the problems is that they're... You know, they're, like you were saying, they're just trying to put their best players in. So they... I think Severe is still best as a number 7, which Kane is also playing. So mm. they're trying to squeeze them both in. And Bashir yeah. is also a 7, to be fair. Exactly. Like, he's only playing yeah. 6 because Kane's at the Chiefs, you know. He's their best ruck playing flank that they have in New Zealand. At least he'll add some actual balance to policing the ruck. Stealing, not clearing out, which is what they're lacking. Have a bruise to clear out them. Because they're getting their ball stolen rather than having a lack of stealing, right? Yeah. Jeez, Kareefi's name is just ringing louder and louder. I'm being semi not serious, but we don't rate him, but. Surely, uh, no. I mean, no, we don't rate him Foster, but he's not a not an empty. He's gonna well, pick, no, but well, that's the thing. He he, he's gonna pick Karifi, and Karifi only knows like half the rules at at, at the best of times. <laughs> no, he picks Karifi, and then the All Blacks go on like a twenty-match winning streak. That's yeah. uh, that that they, that's yeah. They, I think they announced that yeah, like we said earlier, that he's one of the players who they've released. So it seems like mm. they're not gonna pick him. Um, it's all smoking, but I, I think we're, yeah. We're not saying that they're going to pick someone like him anyway. We're or the problem. We're saying that they need to pick someone like Frizzell, but better than Frizzell, because Frizzell didn't. What about Cullen? Worse than What about Cullen Grace? He hasn't yeah, made his I debut mean, yet. In the long term, sure. I, I think yeah, he may be the answer. A lot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that doesn't mean a lot. I don't know. I don't know that much about rugby. I just know Cullen Grace. Adam 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 loves to suggest a player that's done well on his fantasy teams. Yeah, it's so rare, Matt. <laughs> That's I mean, uh, that. That's why. But I'm mean, all serious. I think he maybe he should be tried. Very quick. I'm very very interested to see the team that Foster picks next. He's kind of okay. stuck in a bit of a death spiral at the moment. Dan, if you do, Dan, he's under a tremendous amount of pressure. What's... And look, they are playing Argentina again in two weeks, I think. Mm. So I'm fascinated to see which team he picks. Um, in, in a couple of weeks, will Jordan anyone on the wing? But that's <laughs> the thing. The wings. We can't even fault the wings that much because they just were starved. Yeah. Like, the, you can't fault the, the wings for playing badly this weekend because they just didn't see the ball. Do you think um, Richard Moringa is a flat track bully? I'll start with you, Ed. You're saying Rolls Royce pack, but. Butcher that sentence. Yeah. That's the Crusaders. The All Blacks pack is not Rolls Royce. Yeah, so if. if, if... If he doesn't have excessive forward dominance, then so maybe Steve Hansen wasn't a trick for a while until he changed his mind. 
<laughs> would, would you would you rather pick Bird and Barrett in a game where your forward's gonna struggle than Richie Moanga? Yeah, I would still think yeah. Richie's still the better bet that's a tough one. I think I would still back Richie. I would still back. Oh, I agree. Richie's still got at least oh. some physicality. Bowden has zero physicality. Bowden really needs forwards. And I think he's also struggling for form. Uh, even if he's playing at fullback, he's just not playing anywhere near the well, best to the best of his ability. As he keeps, he's not playing in his best position. Uh, we've we can yeah, go around circle like this. They've they've played him out of form. But Bowden. That's my but, but then they, but then uh, they shouldn't play him at all then. Yeah, then they should just give up on him and yeah. play Jordi at well, fifteen and call. Yeah, no, that's a clash of problem. Also, Dan Coles. Dan Coles also struggled a little bit, um, slapping someone in the face. Corey Taylor threw badly. So New Zealand, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand have a lot to think about. Uh, very much so. But I think the bottom line is Argentina. Uh, you were fantastic, and uh, it was awesome to watch. Yeah. Just how passionate everybody was. They just wanted it more. Which just goes to show it's a huge, huge factor. Uh, and they and they have a few injuries as well, you know, like they're getting mm. Billy back, I think. Mm. Issa should be coming back, I don't know if he'll stop, but uh, they have a few players who will make the team stronger as well. Yes. Yeah, and just, they've now beaten New Zealand. Yeah, so, so how do you feel as Australia? Do you feel stupid and scared? <laughs> because they're Australian or because of the result? Because of the result, like how does how do they feel? I don't know, they must still be more confident to, to, to beat Australia than to beat... Sorry, Australia must still back themselves to be more likely to beat Argentina than beat New Zealand, and they beat New Zealand, so therefore... Yeah. Mm. It's an interesting question. Australia very different opposition, especially now under Dave Rennie. They're certainly playing smarter, and I felt yeah. New Zealand... Um, look, we'll put a pin in this now. We can criticise New Zealand, because it's not often they lose games like this. Um, well, they just three out of the last five, would, Adam. Oh, sorry. They tactically were very um, not innovative, man. Obsolete's the wrong word either. They just stayed. They didn't seem mm. to have any ideas apart from Plan A. And then suddenly they started kicking it, and Argentina were excellent under the high ball. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Enough, you know, it's always 50-50. But there's just the lack of tactical acumen, which reflects badly on Foster, apart from the players not being so keen, um, which makes the, the result where they pumped Australia even weirder. So anyway, interesting times for rugby. Um, that, I that's think what that's I can say. Sense. New Zealand, you know, because they do have so much talent that if it does click on the day and they get the dominance, they're going to put you know a ton of points on. But if someone steps up to them or niggles them a little bit, and Dan Coles goes off the plot like he does every you know five mm-hmm. minutes because he's an idiot, like yep. but yeah, they, don't the like they don't have that composure to deal with adversity. So when it clicks and they're running beautifully, then like it's going to go well but you know they 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 I think they're a, a not a petulant side but they get rattled nowadays you know if, if mm, someone yeah. stands up to them and in their face they don't know how to react to that and they, yeah. they a lot of their players are childish like Dane Coles is a child as soon as you get in his face player like he will yeah. lose his line mm. and he'll start giving away stupid penalties you know well, yeah. if I'm England, if I'm France, if I'm South Africa and already Australia, or Australia to a degree, Argentina, you know how to beat the All Blacks now. Line speed, physicality, uh, and without Brady Retallick, their player, they're just, he, he's the huge hole within the All Blacks. So mm. it's great for World Rugby, by the way. Um, I mean, the playing field a bit. 
Um, worrying times for New Zealand as well. They just started feeling the bite of players being lured to the north. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's really in the forward department they've been affected. Well, actually, it's true. Retallick is um, not playing at the moment. So, great for rugby. Interesting times. Very, very interesting times. Uh, guys, we're over time. So, uh, very quickly, just a final thought. Okay. Um, Matt, I'll give you two. I'll give you two because you had something to say. I was going to say, well, we should, speaking of, you know, a good thing for world rugby, we should maybe look at what the, what this weekend did to the rankings. Oh, that's, a, that's a good point. New Zealand dropped the third. England yes. went up to second. Argentina went up to eighth. They're now above. Wales. Wales. Yeah, yeah. Wales were fourth at the World Cup and now dropped to ninth. Tuesday, the high round of show. Um, and, the, and the Bach lead is just getting better and better. Yeah. Yeah, how is our lead getting so strong without playing? I mean, I, and can I, you explain this? Lost. No, it doesn't make sense. So yes, and, and can explain. He's the resident <laughs> uh, ranking expert. Yeah. Because every time you lose, someone else takes away your points. Yeah. And you only get points if you beat someone that's close enough to you. And obviously, New Zealand and, and England can only beat people lower than them. Uh, they have to be close enough to them. And then they, even then, they only get like 0.1 of a point. But if New Zealand lose, they lost two points now. And if yeah. when England lost to France, France was so much lower than them that they also lost like a point and a half or two points. So. You know, they, they they both have lost a lot of points since the World Cup by losing to France, drawing with um, Australia, losing to Australia, losing to Argentina. Um, so that's just, and we haven't lost anything because we haven't played. So you know, six point buffer now. That no one's going to be able to catch that unless they beat us. Mm. Like we literally cannot mathematically be caught. I don't think kind of ever. <laughs> Thank you. We don't Actually, ever and yeah. yeah, thanks. And, but Actually, it's also. It's also the lowest I think New Zealand have ever been. I mean, they've never been below third in the rankings, but in terms of points even, I think they're looking oh, pretty yeah. shaky. Nice. If 88 yeah. is the lowest they've ever been on the rankings, that's insane, because that's high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like that quote from The Wire. Um, you cannot lose if you don't play. But I came this is, Sorry, that's it's a, a big gap between the third New Zealand and then the next group. You know, yeah. France, Ireland, Australia, and to an extent Scotland are still fairly close together. So, I mean... There's one, then two and three, four to seven are in a big block. So it's, there's still lots to, to move around. I mean, the Australia-Argentina results will have some implications this weekend coming up. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Let's go Argentina. Woo. Come on, Argentina. Um, before we wrap up, I guess, I guess quick quick final call on that game between Argentina and Australia. Who wins? Heart says Argentina. Yeah, I'm with... Hart says Argentina, but head, I don't know. Yeah. Head, head, head still has to do the maths, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but Hart is riding them. The Hart's is riding the momentum so hard right now. Yeah. My heart's <laughs> not letting my head decide, so. Yeah. No, it's got to be Argentina. Yeah, I will say Argentina. I just don't know how you get yourself up again. But maybe they are Argentina, so that's what they freaking do. So, yeah, yeah um, just pure on, passion on... all the time. This is what we're seeing. Los... Hashtag Los Piermas. Uh, that, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Elite Rugby Banter. If you have been listening, thank you very much for joining us and let us ramble a bit about rugby. Um, and thanks very much for joining us. Also explaining how the world rankings work because nobody really knows, apart from you maybe. So we appreciate <laughs> it. It's a very select group and I might be one of that very few. I don't think anyone employed by World Rugby understands. Yeah. They, they ship it out. And also... And also just for backing the Sharks in, in tough times. Um, that, that's a, that's a real fan. The, the, another one, very much so. Uh, Phil, 
Thank you very much. That's going to put a um, an end on things for the episode. I, I didn't go for the bad pun again. So thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. Cool. You were like bracing yourself. And then Matt, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, thanks again. Mm, thanks. Four, four Always good to be here. Oh yeah, happy birthday, Yanni Dupassi. Um, it is his birthday today, so we'll end, we'll end on he, that note. What, what's he like? Forty-five. Carl's yeah, I mean, wondering. He's like freaking old. He's retiring <laughs> from <laughs> like he's old enough to retire from like doctor practice at this point. Let alone. Um, and that's and that, that's gonna do it. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs> we will be back next week.